Morning, Miss Evelyn. Good morning, Joe B. How are you today? I'm hunky dory. How are you? Good, good. You got a very special granddaughter in Casey Halbin. Yes, I do. And she's do. got a very special boyfriend. Yes, she does. And we're going to be talking to Alex this morning about the thing that he knows most about. Won't you worry? Well, I'll declare. You better get at it then. Alex Blaze from Marion, Illinois. Uh, not a stranger to our podcast at all. Uh, how you doing, Alex? Doing good. Doing good. It's uh, been, what, a year and a half yeah. or so since I've been on last, so yeah. it's good to be back. Well, somebody had died, hadn't they? Weren't we having some kind of a wake whenever we did that? Uh, Betty? Was Betty? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was Betty. Betty passed away, and we were having a fish fry out at the farm, and doing that to yeah. celebrate her life so that was a sad time but a good time that everybody got together evelyn's mother betty Payne, lived a uh, hundred years and uh, my gosh what a woman she was yeah yeah i've uh heard lots of stories from casey about uh how she was i didn't get to meet her but oh, really yeah but she uh, sounded like a pretty pretty neat lady well the last time we visited uh you were uh Entering in, you had graduated, I think, by that time from uh, uh, mortuary school or just about getting ready to. Yeah, I think I was just getting ready to graduate. Um, I was working in a funeral home, but I was still in school, and now I'm out of school and working full-time in the funeral home. Where are you working? I'm working at Huey Funeral Home in Mount Vernon, Uh Illinois. Uh How is it? How do you like it? I like it really well. Uh, it's a larger firm than what I was at before. Previously, I was working in Ava, Illinois, at Wilson Funeral Home. And, like, Wilson's was doing about 175 calls a year. And Huey does anywhere from four to 500. So it's a definite change of pace, but I, I like it and work with some good people. What kind of staff do you have there? Um... We mostly have directors. We do have a couple support staff. I think we have about seven or eight full-time funeral directors that work for us. Did your education fully prepare you for the business? Not not at all, really. Uh, I was kind of shocked. Well, I was working in the funeral home while going to mortuary school, and I was kind of shocked that what we were learning in school had no real place in the actual uh funeral home so it's a lot of on the job training but we uh i've i've picked it up well and enjoy it so what kind of credentials do you have to have to be a mortuary a mortician i think it is isn't it yeah yeah mortician um it varies state to state so uh in colorado you don't have to have a license at all you can just be a funeral director without anything here in Illinois, you have to have a funeral director license, so that includes a minimum of like a two-year degree. I actually got a four-year degree from SIU, but uh, it's a minimum two-year degree, and then you have to pass your national board exam, and then you do a year-long apprenticeship. So right now I'm in my apprenticeship. So you basically just work for a year, and as long as you get all your cases in for the year then you get your license what's the most amazing uh, body that you've ever had to embalm oh man what's the one you think about when you go to bed at night uh so one that i think about when i go to bed like 
is probably one that I got a few months ago. Um, and it wasn't even embalming. It was just one that I had to go pick up. And it was a man that was about 300 pounds that he was a hoarder. And so his he lived in a trailer. And the trailer just had trash to the ceiling. I mean, you couldn't see the ceiling. It just trash. And there was a little narrow pathway that went back to a mattress. And then all around the mattress, trash to the ceiling. And he had been dead for quite some time and was smelling. His skin was starting to come off. It's not a... It was very disgusting, honestly. That was the first time I felt sick, like I might throw up. And the fire department was there. And so since he was so big, we couldn't get him back out through that little path. So what they did was they just cut a hole in the outside wall of the trailer. And we ended up taking him out through that wall. But that that one's still, like, I think about that. And that's, oof, that was rough. You know, when I was 12 years old, my father was elected coroner of Franklin County. And I got to run with him a lot. We got to go to several of the deaths and uh, he presided over but there's just some distinct smell about an old dead body. Yeah, um, so actually today we had one that this lady had, the last time she was known to be alive was March 16th, which is about three months ago. So she smelled, but the smell had died down quite a bit. There was just a lot of bugs and that kind of thing. She was almost mummified at that point. Mm-hmm. And, but, yeah, it's a very distinct smell. Uh, you can smell it anywhere. Once you smell it, you know immediately what that, what that is. Mm-hmm. COVID added a lot to your, uh, to your uh, numbers? Yeah, the numbers were definitely up in the height of COVID. Um, recently, you know, it's been down. I don't know the last time that we've had a COVID body, honestly. It's been several months now since we've had one. So it, the numbers are definitely going down. I think uh, I haven't kept up with their current COVID numbers, but I think it's kind of showing that, that things are looking a little more promising because you know, we're definitely seeing it on our end. There's not as many COVID-related deaths. Did you have added security for yourself uh, when during the COVID? Um, yeah, so when it first started, you know, like right after everything shut down, uh, so the day everything shut down, we actually got a death call. This is when I was in Marion working at the funeral home. And so I went down Main Street in Marion at 10 o'clock at night, which there's usually cars everywhere. And I was the only car on the road. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, like, what is going on? This is crazy. Like, am I going to get in trouble? Am I supposed to be out? Like, you know, we have this death that I have to go, you know, on. But... Then in a few weeks, we got a COVID call, and that was the first one. So I went on that, and we wore full, like, hazmat suit kind of thing. I brought a change of clothes. As soon as we got back to the funeral home, we had a shower there. And so I stripped down, showered, changed clothes. I left my clothes in a trash bag in the bed of my truck for, like, three or four days before I even took them out to wash them. And then as things went on, and it became more kind of relaxed, we still wear masks but that was pretty much it we would just wear masks our typical you know gowns and gloves and that kind of thing that you would wear for everybody so that that was pretty much all we had to do differently is this the first time you've uh, done an interview in a dog kennel uh yeah it's uh i don't do a lot of interviews anyway but yeah the dog's barking definitely how long you guys lived in this kennel (laughs) oh yeah well we got our dog 
uh, in January. So yeah. ever since then, we've yeah. we've had uh, Tucker. We got a radio program in uh, Southern California, San Diego. The uh, Dave Shelley and Jane uh, Chainsaw program. They had they air every morning, and the other morning their topic was everyone who dies has a butt plug, and they called funeral directors and asked them about that. So my question is to you: Is that true? So, actually, no. Most. Uh I would say 99.9% of people don't. We have what's called the AV plug, which is just a big plastic screw kind of looking thing. And it's an anal vaginal plug. And so if somebody is leaking and you can't get that to stop, we do use that. And I've had to use it one time, and that was about a month ago. And that was the first time I'd ever had to use one. And it was for somebody that essentially kept pooping, and we couldn't get him to stop, so we had to use that, and that was a that was a first for me, and I was very uncomfortable doing it, but it had to be done. So, hey, uh, the other thing uh, that I was interested in is cremation. Uh, what what's going on with the numbers of cremation versus uh, traditional? Uh, cremation's definitely become more popular, so I think. The national cremation percentage is right around 60%, I think. It's definitely on the rise. So I we learned in school that a few years ago, Canada had went through a cremation rise, kind of like we're experiencing now, and it plateaued at about 75%. And there was still 25% of people were, you know, wanted to be traditional burial, that kind of thing, and 75% wanted to be cremation. So I think that's probably what we'll end up being right around there. You still have to uh, deal with that, don't you? Yeah, so uh, some funeral homes have a crematory on site. We do not. So we will pick up the body, make arrangements, all that stuff, and we'll keep them in our cooler until we get all the paperwork and everything done and everything signed off. And then we can take them to the crematory. So there's one in Salem, which is about... 10, 15 minutes from the funeral home and uh, we'll drive them up there and they'll cremate them there and then we go pick them up when they're finished and bring them back. Do they still have a casket? Um, They can. So some people, we actually had a service yesterday for a gentleman that uh, was in a rental casket. So what we do is we put a insert, it's like a cardboard box insert, but it's got like the lining of a casket inside of a wooden casket and we'll embalm them like normal dress them do makeup the whole nine set them up have a funeral and everything and then after the funeral instead of going to the cemetery everybody's dismissed and then we take them down slide that insert with them in it out and then take them to the crematory and they're cremated and the family will get the cremains back what are you going to do and where are you going to be in 10 years you know i i don't know i've Maybe still at the funeral home. I, I like it. The schedule's tough, you know, and I think 10 years from now I'd like to be married and have kids and that kind of thing. And I know that being on call and, you know, holidays, middle of the night, seven days a week, 365 days a year is tough. And I know that, like, having kids, it's really important to be there and be involved. And I know that that'll be a difficult <laughs> thing to have to miss out on games or christmas morning you got to wait to open your presents because i have to go 
you know, pick somebody up and embalm. Or well, I work in night visitation tonight, so I can't be at your, you know, whatever. So I think that'll be tough. But I I enjoy the work, so I would like to be able to try to find a way to make it work. But I think too, if another opportunity presented itself that I felt would be better in the long run, I wouldn't be opposed to changing routes either. Let's keep this up and do one every year for the next 10 years. That sounds good. It'd be interesting to look back and see how much things have changed and I've grown and you've changed and that thing. So, and I've grown. Yeah, you've, you, you'll grow too over 10 years. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Okay, see you next time. Sounds good. See you next time. Thank you, Alex. And that's the latest from Alex Blaze. Yes, he's quite a character, isn't he? Great talker. Yes, he is. Good job, Joby. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Love you, darling. Love you, hon. Bye-bye.